Good morning. Morning. Welcome to church, especially for those of you who haven't been here before. It's really nice to see some new faces. It's Baptism Sunday. I love Baptism Sunday. It's one of my favorite Sundays. I can't wait to celebrate with those of you who are getting baptized. So we're going to read from Psalm 123. I chose to read the New King James Version. I read through so many different types of scripture, and I was kind of in awe that there's so many ways to say what God already says to us. But I want us to remind us that regardless of what version we read, they are his words, and they are God-breathed. Unto you I lift up my eyes, O you who dwell in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their masters, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he has mercy on us. Have mercy on us, O Lord, have mercy on us, for we are exceedingly filled with contempt Our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorn of those who are at ease, with the contempt of the proud. This short psalm is really packed, isn't it? Yeah. It reminds us that we need few words when speaking to our Lord. Let our yes be yes and our no be no. It also reminds us that we need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus in times when we are exceedingly filled with contempt. The Hebrew word for exceedingly there actually means saturated with. Are you saturated with contempt, maybe with sorrow, maybe with worry? I want you to lift your eyes to the Lord. He sees you. Let's pray. Lord, we love you, and we confess that our hearts may be filled with contempt at times, and that we lose sight of you. Thank you for loving us still. I know I say that every time I pray, Lord, but we truly mean it. Thank you for loving us. We pray for our hearts to be softened in those times of contempt or worry or sorrow. We pray to find joy in all circumstances. Lord, we pray for the service and all may be pleasing to your ears and your heart. We especially pray for those being baptized today, Lord. We are so grateful to celebrate their commitment along with them. May pastor's words fall on listening ears and hearts today. And may we love each other the way you have taught us. We ask all of these things in your precious son's name. Amen. Let's stand and confess our faith together, shall we? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended to the dead. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, in Christ's universal church, the communion of all believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. I am a Christian. Amen. Let's worship, guys. Let's begin this this morning with a song of rejoicing and praise. Turn your ears to 
and voices, we invite you to meet the prayer team at the altar for prayer.
Thank you, Lord. All praise and thanks to God the Father now be given. The Son and Spirit blessed who reign in highest heaven. The one eternal God whom heaven and earth adore for thus it was is now and shall be forevermore. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is that you allow us to approach you in full confidence that you will hear our prayers and that you will answer them in accordance with your will. We know that sometimes you say yes, sometimes you say no, sometimes you say wait. Help us to receive your answer, no matter what it is, with joy. Knowing that you are always so very concerned about each one of us and that you only desire our good. Help us to seek your will for our lives and to make choices that bring honor and glory to you. Lord, we know that you require obedience from us. And so forgive us when we make choices which demonstrate a disobedient spirit. Forgive us when we place our will above yours. And forgive us, Lord, when we just aren't listening to your spirit and his guidance. Remind us that your love for us is everlasting. And it does not depend at all on our performance, whether good or bad. Help us to be as forgiving to those around us in the same way as you forgive us. And help us to demonstrate your love and forgiveness to those who may not know you. Help us to reflect your character in our conversations and in our relationships so that others may be drawn by your Spirit into a relationship with Christ. For those who came down to the altar this morning, we join with them in their prayers and we ask for healing, deliverance, understanding, and comfort where needed. And for those who have joined us online, we lift their prayers to you as well, asking you, Lord, for miracles to be done in Jesus' name. We also ask for your anointing as we strive to be the body of believers you would have us to be in our community. Lord, I ask you to bless the various ministries of faith discovery and may the leaders and the workers experience your grace and the anointing of your spirit. Thank you for their faithfulness to you and our church. We are so grateful to you for your faithfulness to us. Fill us now with your spirit and make us true disciples of Christ whose only desire is to serve you better. All of these things we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen and amen. Greet someone, especially if you see some guests this morning, and tell them that you're glad they came to worship with us.
Good morning again. It's nice to see you all greeting one another. Welcome to those of you who are here visiting. If you're here for baptism, we're glad that you're with us. And for those of you joining us online as well, um, if you are new here, there is a card in front of you that you can fill out just to let us know who you are. Um, and there, we also have some other information cards. If you want to go over, over to the information center after service, there is a gift for you. So we would love to get to know you a little better and um, give you a gift from us. A few announcements about things coming up. Today is Awana and Youth. Come tonight because next week we're on break. So um, Awana, youth, kids, anywhere from preschool through 12th grade, there is a place for you this afternoon. So we hope that um, we can see you this afternoon. Also coming up this week is our Thanksgiving Eve service. So I hope that's already on your calendar Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock right here in the sanctuary. Um, it'll be a time of prayer and reflection and testimony. So I hope that you can join us. Um, in a time of Thanksgiving before we celebrate with our family and friends the next day. Um, Also, to put on your calendar, um, since we are coming into the season, on Christmas Eve, we will be having a Christmas um, service on Sunday morning. Christmas Eve is on a Sunday. So 10 o'clock here on Sunday morning, as well as our traditional Christmas Eve candlelight service um, at 7 o'clock in the evening. So we hope that you can join us for both of those things. Those are wonderful services to invite people to, um, invite people in the community. People love to be in church on Christmas. What better time to celebrate? So please um, make time to invite people to put it on your calendar to know that on Sunday you have two opportunities um, to be in church. And there will be two different um, speakers on Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon, so lots of time to be together in worship. Um, And just finally, as we thank you for your giving, we remind you of all the different ways that we can serve. You see all these boxes in front of us. We've mentioned ministries all the time, um, but it's your faithfulness, it's your generosity, and your giving week after week um, faithfully from what God has provided to you. So we thank you that as you are faithful, um, we continue to use those gifts in ways that reach out to others, not just serve people here, but serve people in the community um, in ways that help them in real ways, um, financially, spiritually, um, with food, and all different ways that we can help people. So we thank you that you continue to do that um, faithfully. Um, and as you can see, there are lots of different ways to give, and we hope that you take advantage of them. So finally, Pastor Jason, in a few minutes, is going to invite the kids to come down as we pray over these boxes. But before we do that, here's a video of the impact of these things that we are sending out into the world. So give your attention to that. I think you'll enjoy it. Sometimes the parents do not understand. They don't 
see as these kids are like other kids. So that's why I have the patience to take them in. They are all the same. They are all equal. They should know. any good so there you go uh it's been uh i told just to clarify if you didn't hear that online i told 
a bunch of people this week. I was looking for a volunteer to close this part because I was going to be crying from that video uh, and for people to bring tissues. But it's special to be able to see how um, your efforts uh, can impact people around the world. And so this morning we're going to invite our kids forward. To, we're going to pray over these boxes that the impact of these boxes would be felt for people around the world like it was for those kids. And so if you're here this morning, before you go to Kids Church, I invite you guys to come forward and stand around these boxes. I won't bite, I promise. You're, uh, you're welcome. There are some kids who are shy. So uh, come on, Jack, you can come. He's my son, so I could tell him. You're going to lead the way, bud. Um, <laughs> that's the worst part. Sometimes he's like his mother, too. Uh, uh, but uh, as they're coming forward, just a clarification note. Uh, this morning, if you have toddlers, our toddler teacher uh, had a car issue this morning, so she's not here. So the, the nursery is open. You're welcome to go in there. It has uh, a live feed from the service. But unfortunately, we aren't able to have their class this morning. But regular children's church will happen. I'm Guys, turn around, put your hands on the boxes. You know what? That's a good idea. Jason, thanks for coming forward. Youth is invited to come forward, too. Let's do that. There, uh, you guys, why don't you come forward and hang out with the kids? And uh, thank you for doing that. As you're coming forward, let's pray. God, thank you so much for how much you love us. God, even in that video, we saw how people who are not, who seemingly not loved, are, get a sense of how much you love them. Each one of us uh, has been created. You formed us before we were even, well, you formed us in our mother's womb. You knew about us even before we were created, and you loved us, and you have a call for each one of us. God, for all of these boxes, uh, they represent sacrifice of, of people's efforts here in our church and in our community, but they also represent a, a person who's going to learn about your love through them. God, I pray that you would, that your love would go forward with these boxes and that wherever they land, wherever they end up, that a, a child and a family would learn about your love and, and, and learn about the, the plan that you have for them. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for coming forward. Youth, you guys go back to your seats. Kids, you could go to Kids Church. Uh, give it up for them. Yeah, they do a good job. And um, and for those of you young children, I, I said the nursery's open. It's that way. So um, thank you so much. I think while they're going, we can watch this video. I promise you it won't make you cry like the last one did. Hey, I'm Johnny. And I'm Chachi. And today we want to show you how to invite someone to church. <laughs> Okay, here we are at Mission Control. We have our equipment. We have cameras over there and over there. And these are going to be real people Chachi's talking to, right? Yeah, real neighbors that I'm going to invite to church. All right, here we go. Okay, here comes an older gentleman. Do you see him? Yeah. Okay, who's that? That's Kenneth. He's a real hoot. Okay, this is a great opportunity for you to highlight how your church is primarily under 40 and how you lack the experience and wisdom that can come from someone older and wiser. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Can we do a sound check? Great. Okay, go, go, go. Showtime. Oh, hey, Kenneth. Can I ask you a question? 
it's Carl. You know, that, that's what I thought it was. I was going to ask you to come to church with me sometime because there's no one like you at my church. I mean, not even remotely. It was fine. It was more your delivery. It sounded, you said it in a negative way. Yeah, I okay. messed that one up. Sorry, Johnny. It's okay. Let's just try again. Okay, there, there's another guy. Who's that? Yeah, that's Samuel. He's a businessman in the neighborhood. He's working way too many hours. Okay, well, that's an opportunity to meet Samuel where he's at. Okay? Chachi, when you speak to him, make sure he knows that church is like an oasis compared to the daily grind of the office. Okay, it's nothing like work. Nothing like work. You got it? Yeah, I got it. I okay, got it. sound check. Samuel, beautiful day. Hey, man. I was wondering if sometime you wanted to visit my church with me. What time do you owe me? It's not your business. It sounded like you said it's none of your business. Well, I meant to say it's not like your business. It, it didn't sound like that. Felt like you got it. I didn't think this was difficult. Well, give me one more chance. Let's do one more. Okay. Hey, Johnny, Johnny. That's mm -hmm. my next-door neighbor, Cam, and her three kids. They love me. This will be a great one. Okay. Well, your church does have a great kids program. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's do this. Okay. Tell them that basically they're going to learn godly principles and that they'll get lost in all the fun. Okay. Kids, lost, fun. Got it. Okay. All right. You want to check my mic one more time? It's great. Ow. Okay. Be right back. I thought I'd come by and invite you guys to church sometime. Would you kids like that? Yeah. Yeah, you, you should come to church with me sometime if you ever want to see your kids again. I meant it's because you'd get lost in all the fun. Good, good talk. Talk to you later. Ah, oh, it's fun to laugh. Uh, church is good. We're glad that you're here. If we haven't met, my name is Jason. I'm the pastor here at Discovery Church. I want to thank you for spending a little bit of your Sunday morning with us. And if you're joining us online, it's great to have you with us. I've got a, I got a number of reports of people online this week, uh, actually all over, kind of all over New Jersey in the Northeast region, and then a couple people internationally. So we're glad that you're here. You are part of our family. Today is Baptism Sunday. Uh, it's one of, those are one of my favorite days of the year as a pastor. It's always a great day for the church and for the people being, for the people being baptized. It's a day that promises to be the, a day they'll never forget. Uh, it's a day where people who are being baptized are showing the world that they are followers of Jesus. In the, in the social media world today, there's a, there's a theme of memes going around that's, uh, basically the theme is, tell me you're a blank without telling me you're a blank. Like, tell me you're from New England without telling me you're from New England and they're wearing a Patriots jersey, cause they're Christians. And that was a joke and four of you laughed. But, um, baptism is a way to tell the world you believe in Jesus without saying you believe in Jesus. But before we get to the 
baptisms this morning, I want to follow that theme and present a number of ways that the world can see that we believe in Jesus without us actually verbally describing it. There are a number of passages in Scripture that tell us how our lives reveal the love and hope of Jesus uh, and the, 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 the ways that he provides uh, love and hope in their worlds in our circle of influence. So there's a number of ways Scripture tells us that the actions that we do or the ways that we live actually reflect Jesus in the world. And I was reminded of this recently, a couple weeks ago, uh, I saw this actually kind of take place in my own life. My 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 son, uh, one of my sons plays on the high school basketball team. We live in Belvedere. And because I'm a freak and a nerd, I was studying their summer uh, league games. I was studying the film of their summer league games, kind of do some scouting for us to be prepared. And one of the things I found was they got tired quick. They, uh, from, uh, from like an exercise uh, perspective, they were not in shape. Now, I understand that it might be funny or ironic to see me talk about other people who aren't in shape. But from an endurance perspective, they needed some work. And basketball season from uh, uh, has some guidelines in the state of New Jersey. They can't start practice till tomorrow. Uh, and so, um, or they could start tryouts tomorrow, and then real practices, I think, are allowed to start next week. And so I was like, well, how can I help this, these guys kind of start to get some running in, build their endurance before the season starts? So I asked Jonah to ask the school how, if I could reserve the gym for some open, um, open gym times for the guys to come and start running and, and that kind of stuff. And so he went and talked to the people in charge, and they said, we need, uh, we need your father to email the school and present the thing and fill out a form. Okay, great. So I, I emailed the school, and when I did that, sometimes we hit send too fast. You ever hit send too fast? Well, I, that day, that particular day, I wrote, I typed the email, and I didn't look at what email address was sending the email till after I hit send. And because I understand that sometimes when people learn that I'm a pastor, it creates some awkwardness, I often, uh, I don't lead with that, if you will. And so I would typically send this email from my personal email address. And when I hit send, I saw that I hit send from Pastor Jason at faithdiscovery.com. And I was like, okay, well, this is going to lead to something. We'll see what happens here. And so um, they respond, and we, we go back and forth, and, find, and eventually they uh, everything gets approved, and I need to go to the gym to check in. I mean, I need to go to the office to check in. And when I walk into the, the office... I expect to introduce myself, but what I hear is, Pastor, how are you? And I'm like, I don't know who you are. I mean, I didn't say that, because that would be an awkward thing to say. But I didn't know who they were. Pastor, how are you? Uh, I'm great. How are you? So we introduce ourselves. My name is Jason. Pastor, it's so awesome to see you. Well, my parents named me Jason. You could call me Jason, but they wanted to call me Pastor. And then the person says, my husband is a pastor in Pennsylvania. It's so nice to see that there's another uh, Christian family and pastor living in our community. And 
That led to several conversations that I had with that person, other people in the office, uh, even some parents of the students of the basketball players throughout the last couple of weeks that all resulted, that would have never happened if I didn't use the Pastor Jason email that I accidentally had no intention of using. But sometimes, uh, there, actually there are things the world can see in the way we live our lives. There are signs that, uh, that, that point to Jesus just by the way we live. And so I know some of you have been in, in church a long time and you've heard about how we need to share our faith. And quite honestly, sometimes that can be quite intimidating. And so this morning I want to talk about what Scripture teaches us about how we share our faith, how we point people in the direction to Jesus just by the way we live our lives. And the, the first thing that I would say uh, that that I would present that, that reveals Jesus to the world through our lives is the way we love each other. John 13, 35, uh, 33, 35, and you could read it on the screen behind us, uh, behind me. It says, my children, I will be with you only a little longer. And Jesus is talking to his disciples at this time, and he's talking about how he's going to be, uh, he's going to go die for them. And so he's saying, be prepared, I'm not going to be with you much longer. But you, you will look for me, uh, and just as I told the Jews, I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. And then Jesus says, a new command I give to you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. This passage comes on the heels of Judas leaving the other disciples at the Last Supper on his way to betray Jesus. And in that moment, Jesus wants to prepare his disciples for the reality, uh, for that reality, and to command them to love one another. This new command in this text, to love one another, is arguably one of the most famous statements in the biblical text. But is it really new? Jesus says, I offer you a new command. You see, not, it's not, it wasn't really new, at least not at first glance. Love, loving one another was a, was a part of the Jewish tradition. Not only in the Jewish world, but it was present in the Greco-Roman world around them, and it was certainly seen in other religious traditions of the day as well. But what Jesus, but Jesus is defining what love is to him. See, Jesus says, love that, love others, love each other the way I have loved you. And when Jesus, when Jesus says this and then walks to the cross, what Jesus does is he defines love in a different way. Love, according to Jesus, is sacrificial. It's focused on other people. Loving, and not only those, uh, not only specific other people that you like, loving those with whom you, we agree or are partial to is, is, is an easy thing. It's a, it's, it's, Really natural part of life. It's loving those who aren't as easy. Loving the rest of the folks that we come in contact with is a much harder proposition. Part of the human condition to love and to want to be loved. But the reality is it's easier to love those who are more loving and lovable. We saw this in the video just a few minutes ago. Those, chil- those children had a defect. They couldn't hear. 
And for some areas of the world, and we'd like to, we'd like to be really judgmental sometimes and talk about how this happens in other parts of the world. But the reality is when people don't fit into the, the box that we think they should here in our world, they start to become more difficult to love. And the box that we think they should means they should share certain attributes with us. Certainly, they should share our political views. Certainly, they should share our, our religious, our faith views. Certainly, they should eat the type of foods that we eat. They, there are a number of boxes that we think people fit into, and if they fit into that, they're easy to love. But when they don't, it's much harder. But Jesus doesn't define which boxes of people to love in. He says, they'll know you are my disciples when you love each other. We tell the world about Jesus by the way we love each other. The way Jesus talks about love, loving each other, it's a precursor to the spread of Christianity. And as he loved and that love, uh, as he loved and that love spread within his inner circle, so too will love spread after he's gone and when uh, when, when love is done in his name, it continues to spread to this day. This act to love one each other, it's a distinguishing mark of followers of Jesus. It was, it was a distinguishing mark then, it continues to be now. Jesus makes his, uh, plain his call to the disciples. Let me give you a new command. Love one another. In the same way I loved you, love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples. When they see you love each other the way I saw you, the way they see me love you. John, in 1 John chapter 4, writes like this. He says, dear friends, since God loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. What he's saying is, no one's ever seen God. There's no physical, visual evidence. There's no picture of God. We've seen a painting of Jesus, most of us. But Jesus didn't take a selfie before he left. You can't necessarily see The physical God. God would tell Moses that if you looked on me, you would have to die because you can't contain the holiness, the glory that is in him. But John says, but if you love one another, people will see God by the way you love one another. Love is a character trait of God and of those who believe in God. While it's true that we can all agree John, what John's saying, no one's seen God, when we love each other, people see the evidence of God because God changes us and causes us to love each other in a way that is peculiar. And when we're peculiar, people pay attention. That's why I have no problem being weird. Because people will pay attention. When we love differently, when our love is noticeably different, people want to know why we do it that way. And the answer is because of Jesus. So the first way that I present to you that the world sees 
sees Jesus through us is through our love. The next way I present to you that the world sees Jesus through us is through our deeds. Good deeds, Jesus would say. Matthew chapters 5 through 7 is Matthew's account of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And in Matthew chapter 5, 14 through 16, Jesus says this, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Okay, very basic science this morning. Light functions in order for things to be seen. If you take nothing away from my message this morning, know what light does. That's another joke. We all know what light does. In, the, in our contemporary Western world, it's difficult to imagine a world without light. In fact, sometimes people take vacations or trips to really dark places to see the fullness of the sky or maybe even the northern lights. Can you imagine having lived 2,000 years ago and someone say to you, someday, people will take special trips for it to be dark at night. But we live in a world where light is accessible. But in those days, when it was nightfall, in the ancient world, it was dark. Not many of you have probably had the thrill of being in this room really late at night when the lights are off. It's really dark. Like, really dark. And I'm going to let you in on a secret. Probably shouldn't tell you. Sometimes, only since 1979, their bats get in here. Only since we built this building have there been bats in here. And late, late at night, when you're in here and it's completely dark, you're complete, the only thought on my mind is, is there a bat in here? Is there a bat in here? Is there a bat in here? I hate them. I hate bats. We don't really have a full understanding of what it is to have darkness be a permanent part of our life. Isaiah 59 says, uh, talks about darkness, and it says, We grope like the blind along a wall, groping like those who have no eyes. When you are walking around like it, you can't, literally have to feel what's going on, that's darkness. And we do that to find a light switch. Jesus is saying, basically, you're the light switch. People are living in absolute darkness, total misunderstanding of a God who not only created them, he created them in their own image, and he loves them with a passion they cannot possibly comprehend. And the way that they can know that, the way that they can have that illuminated to them, the light switch is your deeds. Our good deeds 
allow the audience to recognize the cause of our actions, the God of heaven. Our actions, our choices, our deeds ought to point people in the direction of Jesus. James, who is the brother of Jesus, uh, wrote in his letter, uh, wrote in his letter in chapter 2, we find this, suppose a brother or clothes and daily food. If you find that person and, and you say to them, go in peace, keep warm and be well fed, but you don't do anything about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. James says, it's not enough to tell someone you hope they're going to be well fed. It's not enough to tell someone you hope they'll be warm. Give them what they need to be fed and to be warm. And therein lies the proof of your faith. Our deeds are the evidence of what we believe. James comes to what he believes is the heart of the matter, which is a notion of faith, uh, which is a notion of faith that is too small. If faith is reduced to saying words like, I believe it's going to be okay. I believe God will help you. Then the expression of faith can be reduced to a few words like telling a homeless person, have a nice day. For James, faith is actively giving life to to those around you. Actively giving life to those around you. If it's not active, for James, it's not faith. But when we act in a way to provide life to people, it's not only recognizable, it's not only illuminating, it's desirable. People see you and start to say, I want to be like that. What, what makes that person like that? What, what did you do? Why did you do that? Wait a minute. You're telling me. You're telling me that you consistently give to your church? Are you crazy? You're telling me when the economy is like this, that you give 10% of your income away? That, can't, that doesn't make sense. Well, let me tell you, actually, I have found that when I live, when I give the first 10% of my income to the church, and I, it's an act of me saying, God, I trust you with my finances, I actually have more money than I had when I lived off the 100%. Wait a minute, what? When you tell people that you have more money, it's desirable. How is that possible? Listen, I've learned that trusting in God makes my life better. How do, how do you do that? Well, I start by putting others first. James, uh, Jesus says they'll see your good deeds and they'll glorify your Father in heaven. Um, love, good deeds. The third way that I would present to you that we show Jesus to the world is through compassion. Jesus was emphatic about caring for those in need. We see this in Matthew 25. In Matthew 25, and this is a little bit longer, stick with me, starts at verse 34. 
And he's in the middle of telling a story. A parable, if you will. And he says, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father. Excuse me, take your inheritance. The kingdom is prepared for you since the creation of the world. And then he says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. We're going to go on from there, but I want to come I want to just explain give a little bit more insight or context here. Jesus is talking about a king who turns to people uh, who are in his court, and, and there are specific people that he says in his audience, come, you're going to receive a blessing. And he says, because when I was in need, you met the need. It goes on to read, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see a stranger and invite you as a stranger and invite you in, or you needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king, Jesus said, will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these, these brothers and sisters who are in need, you did for me. Let me rephrase that in a little bit of Jason ease. Okay? Modern Jason message translation. Whatever you did for the hungry, whatever you did for the thirsty, whatever you did for the stranger, whatever you did for the naked, whatever you did for the sick, whatever you did for those in prison, you did to me. Jesus, the hungry, the thirsty, the sick, the homeless, the prisoner, i.e., the ones who people try not to notice, Jesus notices. Not only does he, does he notice them, Jesus says, those are the people that represent me. You want to serve me? Serve those people. When we show compassion... With no expected return. When we show compassion, when it it is not advantageous for us to do so, that is when we display the love of Jesus to a dying world. 1 Peter 3, 8 says, All of you, be like-minded. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate and be humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with a blessing. Because of this, you were called so that you may inherit it and may inherit a blessing. Peter presents compassion as an authentic, uh, authenticator. I hate that word. You know those multi-level authenticator apps that... IT people sing so highly praises of that the rest of us are like, come on! Can I just read my email? Compassion is one of the ways we authenticate our faith to this world. Compassion 
makes us peculiar. Last one. The worship team can come. Baptism candidates. In just a minute, we're going to go to uh, our baptism point. But the reality is, it's that our choices show the world who Jesus is. The way we live, the way we love, the way we act, and the way we give are the fruit of a heart devoted to Jesus. And so we do our best to be obedient to his words. And that's why we do things like take communion most Sundays. Can't say every Sunday because we're not taking it today. Or we baptize people. It's because he told us to do this. And so maybe you're new here this morning. Maybe you've never seen people get baptized or you've seen it and you don't quite understand it. Or maybe you even think what's about to happen is a little weird. I get it. Being baptized in water is an outward sign of the transformational work that God is doing inside. It's a public declaration that proclaims, I'm dead to my old life and I have accepted the promise of Jesus that I am alive in him. For those of you who've said yes to Jesus, water baptism is a next step. It's a next step we take after we've placed our trust in him. Peter in in Acts chapter 2 as he's preaching to a multitude after on the day of Pentecost he says repent and be baptized baptism established a pattern in our lives of continuing to say yes to Jesus see all of us it's imperative for us to find the life the fullness of life that Jesus offers it's imperative for us to say yes to Jesus in terms of surrendering our life to him. But that's not the last time we say yes to Jesus. It's actually the first. And we live a life of saying yes to Jesus. Yes in obedience. Yes to Jesus. Yes to following his ways. Yes to walking in discipleship. Yes to being peculiar so that other people see him in this world. As Christians, there are many ways that we are road signs for people to how to see Jesus. Do you see that happening in your life? It's a really good question to ask yourself. Is is the way you live your life, the way you love people, the way you act, the way you're compassionate, do you live in such a way that people might see Jesus through you, through those things? I think it's an important question to ask and it's, how will end the por- this portion of the service? Can I pray for you? Jesus, I pray that our lives would be marked by your love, good deeds that, you're, that are inspired by you, and a compassion that shows your heart to the world. I pray for people this morning who may come to a place where they're not sure that their life is pointing people in a, pointing people in a direction to you. God, all of us don't do this all the time. So I'm not asking for guilt. In fact, I pray against the spirit of guilt. But I pray for an inspiration of your spirit that we would live lives that point people in the direction of Jesus. I thank you for those who are going to be baptized today that they've taken this step, uh, a step of saying yes to you, that points people to 
towards Jesus. I pray that the first or the next step that they do that in a story, and their lives would be stories of continually saying yes to you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, let me give you some direction on what's going to happen now. We're, I'm going to get ready to go into the tub, and I'm going to invite the baptism candidates to head over there and meet Joy and Pastor Jerry. Um, and while we're doing that, while we're all getting ready, uh, I'm going to invite you to stand. The worship team is going to lead us in a song. For those of you who have been around church for a while, you've heard this song before, but maybe not in a long time. Uh, but I encourage you to stand and join as they sing.
Okay, so can you hear me? Yes. It's amazing what happens when you slide the mic from off to on. Okay, well, first I'm going to invite uh, Emily to join me down here in the tub. Give it up for Emily. How are you today? I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you if you have anything you'd like to say, but you got to stand close because they got to pick it up on my microphone. No, you're good. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions, and I'm gonna ask them those of us those, the same questions, and um, and then I'm going to baptize you. You can hold your nose if you want. You can put your glasses up here if you feel like you want to do that, and come on to about here so that we don't hit our head on anything. Emily, have you accepted Jesus as your Savior? Yes. Is it your desire to follow him your whole life? Yes. Okay. Based on your, on your commitment of faith and your desire to follow Jesus with your life, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Caroline, why don't you join us? Caroline's going to come down with her mom, and um, who's going to be baptized in just a few minutes. But um, we're excited to have you here. Can, can you see everybody? Give them a wave. <laughs> she said hello. Come on, you can stand here, and we'll, we'll baptize you here. Caroline, have you accepted Jesus as your Savior? Yes. Is it your desire to follow him your whole life? Yes. All right, do you want to hold your nose? That's also an important question in this process. Based on your confession of faith, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to be joined by Caroline's brother, Will. Come on down. How are you, bud? Good. Good. Anything you'd like to say to the the church this morning? I am very happy. Hmm. We're happy too. And so I'm going to turn you this way, and I'm going to say if you want to hold your nose, now would be a good time to do that. Mom, you can put your hand on his shoulder too and uh, help me do this. But, uh, Will, is it, have you accepted Jesus as your Savior? Yes. Is it your desire to follow him your whole life? Yes. Okay, based on your confession of faith and your desire to follow Jesus, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As they get taller, it gets more difficult. Andrew, join us. This is Will's brother, Andrew. I guess it kind of works the other way, right? The younger is the sibling of the older. Will, it's exciting to have you here. I mean, Andrew, it's exciting to have you this morning. Will, it's still exciting to have you too, but um, thank you so much for being here. Anything you'd like to say to the to the room? Um, I'm glad this water is <laughs> if you didn't hear, he's glad it's warm in here. Um, I didn't do anything to make the water warm, just to clarify. Andrew, have you accepted Jesus as your Savior? Yes. Is it your desire to follow him your whole life? Yes. Okay. Do you want to hold your nose? All right, let's put your arm here. Based on your confession of faith and your desire to follow Jesus with all of your life, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
Now, Mom, it's your turn. Is there anything you'd like to say to the room? It's a long time coming. Okay. It's a long time coming. Well, Jesus has been with you at each step of the path. Um, have you accepted Jesus as your Savior? Is it your desire to follow him your whole life? Okay. Then I give you the opportunity to hold your nose, too, if you'd like. Jen, based on your confession of faith and your desire to follow him your whole life, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Jen. We... We have some refreshments. We'd invite you to, to jo- uh, congratulate the, ba- uh, the baptism candidates this morning with some brownies and some cookies. Uh, we're also going to load all of the boxes into vans. If you, into vans, if you'd like to help us do that, they're going to be right outside this door. But ultimately, I just want to say thank you so much for being here this morning. Church is better when you're here. And, um, and so thank you for making church better for me this morning. Would you stand as I offer today's benediction? The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Jesus, I pray that your light would shine through us into our circles of influence. Help us point people in your direction. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. Happy Thanksgiving.